Welcome, friends. My name is Tammy Hall, and I want to personally thank you for tuning in to another episode of His Beautiful Mess. Each week, we're going to be talking about the pitfalls and craziness that life tends to hold, trying to navigate the chaos that it brings with it one step at a time, one day at a time, together. And in the process, realizing that regardless of what our external circumstances may tell us, we are all abundantly blessed and His beautiful mess. Let's get started. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. That's by Corey Ten Boom. I love that quote, especially this week as we begin a new season. Summer is dwindling down and school is starting right up. Everyone's doing back to school shopping or getting ready for what's coming right around the corner. Some of you may have already had your children start school or you've started school yourself in your college season, depending on where you're at. My daughter is going to be going back to college next week and we literally have piles of her stuff all around our home, trying to figure out how to finagle that all into our van to drive her two states away for her to start her sophomore year. My youngest will be transitioning out of homeschooling, which she's done her entire life, and starting a new journey as a freshman in a public high school. My son will be a junior in his homeschooling season, and we're trying to navigate those waters to make sure he's set up for success and start college afterwards. All of that in itself can just be worrisome and a little overwhelming when you're trying to do it with so much at such a small amount of time and everything happens one day after another. But at the same time, I think about this season that we're in and what a blessing it is that we have each other each day. That's the strength that I get from today. Instead of worrying about everything that's going to happen tomorrow, what will happen, what won't happen, what might happen, all the what ifs, you fill in the blank. Today, I'm just looking out at my grass and I'm thinking about how it got started. I know it's a random topic, but just stick with me here for a minute. At the beginning of June, my husband and I had the bright idea to put sod in our front yard. You see, we've lived in our home for almost two decades. And the grass, unfortunately, has died a slow and painful death. In our defense, we were busy raising kids, so lawn wasn't really a high priority. But when you live in a neighborhood that has an HOA, it's kind of mandatory that you keep it up. So we planted the sod at the beginning of June. The landscaper said, just make sure that you're watering it twice a day for 14 days until it takes root. And then just water it consistently thereon. You should be good. So that's exactly what we did. Watered it two times a week, early morning and late evening. Made sure it was taken care of consistently without any interruptions. And at the end of those two weeks, it looked really great. So we started to dwindle it back just a smidge and we would do it once a day. Because we still wanted to make sure that this newly fresh sod took root the way it wanted to. After all, that's an investment, right? You don't want your investment to just go to the wayside. So, once a week it was. But unfortunately, in the state of Texas where we live, the deep south, July comes right around and right after June. So, what happens in July is the heat wave came. And we're not talking a little bit of hotness We're talking intense wave of heat. You're melting outside in this type of heat. 
And if for you who don't live in Texas, our heat index got up to almost 115 degrees for more than one day in a row. So to say that we were experiencing an intense heat is an understatement. A combination of that intense heat is we hadn't experienced any rain. As of yesterday, we finally got some rain. And I think if I heard the weatherman correctly, it had been 61 days since we had experienced rain in our area. That's a long time. So when you take extreme drought and you take extreme heat, you're left with a big thing that's called water restrictions. Yep. New sod and water restrictions don't really go hand in hand. What ended up happening is instead of watering once a day, we had to cut it back to a few times a week and then from a few times a week to twice a week. So this sod that we thought was doing so well and it looked green from the top started to get a little bit of brown sprinkled in throughout there. One day I went out and I saw this one specific piece of sod and it wasn't doing well at all and I kind of picked it up just to check it after just watering our entire lawn to make sure that it had what it needed and it was receiving the right amount of water from the location it was in. When I picked up that sod, what I found is that underneath the sod, it was completely bone dry. It made no sense to me. I mean, if I'm watering it and if the roots had taken hold to the soil underneath that had been freshly tilled and prepared just for it to be able to have the right ingredients to do what it needed to do and thrive, why wasn't it wet? Well, the thing was, is I was in the middle of the drought and I was doing what I thought I could do to adhere to the water restriction rules and to make sure my grass had what it needed. But the outside, the external circumstances had changed. It was no longer like it was in June. So that water that we were doing wasn't enough because of the intense heat and the lack of rain. It needed more watering in order to continue to grow. And that I hadn't adjusted for. It made me think, I do that a lot in my own spiritual life. Sometimes I get to my own dry spell where I think I'm doing everything that I need to do, right? I'm going to church. I'm doing my Bible studies, my devotional. I might even be journaling. I'm singing along to the worship music in my car. I'm trying really hard to fill myself with the goodness that I need. And then there are days when I'm doing some of those things, or maybe all of them if I'm really lucky, and I'm still not enough. Why? Why is that the difference? And the answer is because my external circumstances have changed. Just like the sod in my front yard needed more water on specific days, my spiritual life sometimes needs a little more watering. And that's where we go to the Lord with that. Because he actually says in John chapter 7, verse 38, anyone who believes in me may come and drink for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. You see, we have direct access to the water source that we need. We all need water literally for our bodies to function, but the living water that God gives us is the Holy Spirit. The thing is we have to actually tap into that resource to activate those waters to get replenished from the inside out. It's no different than me going over to the water spout on the side of my house, turning it on 
and accessing that water so it can flow out and do its job. I have to turn to the internal source. I have to tap into the Holy Spirit, whether it's in a devotional to his word or of the biggest, keyest point, prayer. It will unlock a heavenly portal that just shines down God's blessings on you and unlocks them into your heart as well. So go straight to that source. Unlock that internal spout. Open that living water so it can flow out and do what it needs to do. Replenish you from the inside out. And replenishing us spiritually from a dryness is no different than when we get dehydrated, right? If you're outside, especially in these summer months, you get really hot. And like I said before, if you live in the South, you know what I'm talking about. You can be outside for 15 minutes in this heat and you come inside and all you need is water. You're like, water, I just need water. So you have a glass and then that's usually not enough. So you have another glass. And then by the time you know it, the only thing that you want is water. The more water you have, the more water you crave. Guess what? The more of God we get that unlocks that internal living water, the more we crave. We're able to let our spiritually dehydrated self get rejuvenated, restored, rebalanced to where it needs to be. All of these things allows our soul to get nourished in a way that it needs to grow deeper to grow closer to God. And sometimes, if we're being honest, we just need to grow and we don't know which direction. We just know we need something. And that's what that resource does. But it takes intentionality. It takes carving out precious time to try to meet with him each day. And if we don't, we're going to continue to be spiritually dry. We're going to continue to be a little bit dehydrated because we're not giving our body what we need in the external circumstances that change. And guys, I know that I am not alone. I am a broken, beautiful mess made new in him. And I know a lot of you are too. Regardless of what it is, we may go through different circumstances, but it's the same journey. We all have different situations and struggles, whether they're financial or marital issues with our children as they're growing up and we're trying to navigate and grow with them in different directions encouraging young adults to be actual adults and not treat them as a child. That's one of my situations that I'm in right now. Preparing life for what it is. All of us have different things that we're going through. In our personal family, and I've been very open about this, we've dealt with a lot of brokenness. We have had it where my spirit was so broken by my husband's addictions that I actually could not even function. And let me make it abundantly clear. The brokenness I experienced wasn't a spiritual drought. It wasn't being spiritually dehydrated. It was spiritually depleted. I had no idea where I was going to begin to get through the day, let alone know how to navigate through it because life was so overwhelming and so hard. I felt literally suffocated by it. All I could focus on is what had happened and how I was going to navigate looking at these three precious children that God had entrusted me with. But in the midst of that, I was able to focus on what God did in it. And in all of our situations, we can focus on the negative. That is easy to do. Anybody can focus on the negative. That's why that term negative Nelly is thrown out so often. It's harder to focus on God in the midst of the negative, 
to feel his presence in spite of your surroundings that are trying to deafen out any way that he is moving in your life. So you have to decide what you're going to do. How are you going to navigate through this? If you're not in a spiritual dryness and you're able to meet with God every day, I am so grateful for you. I am actually so applauding you right now because that's a big, big thing. But some of us aren't that lucky. Some of us, myself is included in this category, struggle with taking that intentionality every day. I struggle with meeting with God because I wake up and the first thing I'm thinking about is my to-do list and what I need to get done and who needs to be where. I'm not waking up saying, good morning, God. Thank you for a new day. Starting it with a word of prayer or a devotional that sits right beside my bed, along with my Bible that sits right beside my bed. I have no excuse. I have a Bible app on my phone. There is actually no excuse. So we have to actually ask ourselves, are we willing to commit to feeding our spirit? If, if you're willing to commit with me, I'm going to ask you, how are you going to do that? Are you going to allow yourself direct access to those living waters that reside in you, always available to you? Are you willing to take that time to meet with God, really meet with him, not just check it off of a box on a to-do list? Does it become something that you will seek out? Are you able to be diligent in this? I know I struggle despite my best intentions, so I'm right here with you guys. Let's try to do this together and navigate it. We don't need to be spiritually parched or dehydrated or in the middle of a deep drought, but that happens. Life happens. Now you have to say, okay, wait, what is going to take for me to get the spiritual balance that my body needs to be realigned? What is it going to take for me to focus my thoughts on God, something higher than the circumstances that surround me? I know it's hard. It was hard for me back then. It's hard for me today sometimes, but God already knows that. That's the blessing. He is already abundantly and acutely aware of what you need before you even know it. He's going to meet you in the middle of your brokenness. He's going to meet you in the middle of your dry season. He's going to meet you in the middle of your trying to navigate the chaos and the what ifs of life. The first thing he usually does, at least for me, is he just holds me. He lets me cry. He lets me whine and get my temper tantrum out. And then when I'm ready, he starts to put things in my path. Now, this could be a song that's encouraging to me or brings back a happy memory. It can be a friend who just calls me or sends me a text and says, hey, thinking of you. Hope you have a good day. It can be a sermon that I listen to, a podcast. It can be anything that speaks to you. God uses all resources. If you look outside To the left and the right, anything you hear or see is something he is in the process of using to navigate you through. It doesn't have to be something big. It doesn't have to be something small. I personally believe that there are three stages that every Christian is in the middle of. The first one is you are about to go into a battle. The second one is you just freshly came out of a battle. Or the one that I feel like I meant all the time is being smack dab in the middle of a spiritual battle. For those of you that are currently in a battle, I want to encourage you to focus on God. Allow him to carry you through whatever you are navigating today. 
For those that are just coming out of a battle, take a moment and breathe. And then focus and reflect on how God met with you, how he got you through all of those different things that you were in the middle of. And review the strategies that the enemy tried to use to take you down. Because you see, these battles are not flesh and blood. We are fighting a spiritual battle. And that enemy comes at you from every direction. He is relentlessly looking out for you, trying to come at you continuously from different angles because he knows if he can get you focused on your circumstances, you will not be focused on the God who is already defeated him. The God who, if you tapped into that inner energy inside of you and allowed those resources to fully be open, the floodgates opened, that he would actually cause such a flood that he could overcome that battle because you drew from your internal strength and allowed God to join you and fight the battle for you. We all need to make sure we have our armor of God on. Why do we need to have the armor? Because the armor, just like a, a soldier in battle, has on all this different gear to protect themselves. There's a purpose for it. If you want to know more, go to Ephesians and read it. You'll see, and we'll have a podcast about it later. But for now, I want to leave you with one of my favorite poems. This is called Footprints in the Sand. It's one that I have physically lived out in my life over and over. One night, I dreamed a dream. As I was walking on the beach with my Lord, across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to my Lord. After the last scene of my life had flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. I noticed that at many times along the path of my life, especially at the very lowest and saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. This really troubled me, so I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome moments in my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand why. Why, when I needed you the most, would you leave me? He whispered, my precious child, I love you and will never leave you. Never, ever, during your trials and testings. When you saw the only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. The author is unknown. So, this is my challenge for you guys. Try to meet with God each day, getting fully equipped with your spiritual armor. Reflecting on some blessing that he's given you instead of whatever negative is around you. There's plenty of that. We're going to overcome that by looking at God in the middle of situations. And until we talk next week, try spending some quality one-on-one time with God. I don't care if it's five minutes a day. Be purposeful with your time. Spend it with him. Talk to him. He's your heavenly father who just wants to be included in your daily basis. No different than us wanting our adult children to talk to us or trying to be present in a teenager's life when the only thing that they want is to be focused on their friends and the things that they can do. God's sitting there waiting to meet with you too. So take the time and just remember whatever stage of life you are in or whatever spiritual journey you are on, we are all navigating this life the best way that we can, one step at a time, one moment at a time and trying to get him in the midst of it all. But together, we are always going to be 
his beautiful mess.